Good evening, everyone. As a kid growing up, uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed those Saturday morning cartoons. I don't know if the kids are getting sick of them yet, being stuck inside most of the time, but I liked them. Tom and Jerry, you know, simple stuff like that. As I got older, I really got into Batman, the animated series. So there you go. That's what I liked as a kid. Really liked Batman. And there's a villain, if you watch Batman, by the name of the Riddler. And he has a riddle that I find actually rather insightful. And that is, what is always coming, but never arrives? The answer to that is, tomorrow. That's always tomorrow. I'll get to that tomorrow. The chores, the wife's to-do list, something at your job perhaps. Maybe it's a tough conversation with someone. But where does God fall in all of this? What about tomorrow with God? I'll read it quickly for you for the sake of time. But in Exodus chapter 8, in this context, I'm looking at verses 8 through 10. It's the plagues. There are frogs everywhere. And Pharaoh has asked Aaron and Moses, hey, please, can we get rid of these frogs? If you do that, I'll let your people go so they may sacrifice to Yahweh. And Moses straight up says, Accept the honor of saying, When I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people, to destroy the frogs from you and your houses. Moses says, You say the word, you tell me when, and this whole frog business will be over. And Pharaoh's response, amazingly enough, is, Tomorrow! That is, if there are frogs in your bed, the only response is, Now, let's get rid of that now. I do not want frogs in my house, my people. Why on earth would you say, Let's get rid of the frogs tomorrow? Pharaoh was often blinded with a tremendous amount of pride. But tomorrow is often the most dangerous moment. Even as Christians, we play at that game. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. There's a man back in my home congregation, a handful of years older than I am, still pretty young. Back in 20, I think it was 17, he and his wife went to good old sinful Las Vegas to go to a concert. Turns out that concert would be the rather infamous one because that was where and when the Las Vegas shooting took place. He was amongst the crowd. I don't remember the number. I think 50-some people, though, if I'm correct, were killed in that shooting. He had a bullet graze his head. He was centimeters from being killed. And he started, lo and behold, coming back to church, and he started talking about it and said it made him completely reevaluate his life and certainly his relationship with God. It struck with me because he was someone, if you will, who was off the narrow way. And he realized tomorrow is not guaranteed. James 4 speaks about that. The last passage to look at is James chapter 4, if you want to open up your Bibles with me. James 4, looking at verses 13 through 17, speaks exactly what we're talking about. Verse 13, James 4, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there, trade, and make profit. Verse 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. 
As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, to him it is a sin. If you're so inclined to take notes in your Bible like I am, in the margins of my Bible and the side, I invite you to do the same. I have written my birth year, 1997, and the margin, and I have a dash, and then I have a question mark, or I'm no prophet. I do not know when the day God will call me. But I have that dash circled, and I have uh, written underneath it, now. That is right now. I understand that tomorrow is not guaranteed. What can we do now? Well, obviously we can fix our sin. We can repent. We can have finally that hard convo. Finally share the message with someone. Small things add up. There are plenty of brothers and sisters in this church who need help. There are people outside the church. It's a pandemic who need help. The economy. There are lots of people who need help. And use opportunities such as to share the good news. You know, when I think about Jesus' life, many of his interactions with people were interruptions. People running up to him saying, my kid is dying. Or could you please come serve this person over here? Or someone reaching just to touch them through the crowd and Jesus stopping saying, who touched me? So many of those people were just interruptions. And Jesus always took the time to help them in the now. There's a silly but simple story that I find insightful of a man who falls into a pit. You might have heard of it. And he can't get out of the pit. A subjective person comes along and says, I really feel for you down there. An objective person says, it's logical someone would fall down in that pit. A Pharisee said, only bad people fall into pits. Buddha said, your pit is only a state of mind. A man from the IRS came along and said, you owe taxes for that pit. Joel Olstein said, if you just confess that you're not in the pit, you'll be out of it. An optimist said, things could be worse. A pessimist said things will get worse, but Jesus, when he saw the man, reached down and helped him out. In that moment, right then and there, I see us. That's what Jesus did for us. Didn't have to, and he's pulled us out of our sin. He said, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. We are spiritually blind. Jesus has made us see. And in God's kingdom, everyone is valued. And everyone can make a difference in his kingdom. But understand from James and from your personal lives, and perhaps right now amongst the pandemic, that tomorrow is not guaranteed. And don't be like Pharaoh who says, yeah, we'll take care of that tomorrow. If you're a Christian, I challenge all of us to figure out what needs to be addressed now and to fix it now. And if you haven't come into the fold of God, well, I hope the message is clear enough now. That tomorrow is not guaranteed. And as James says, let's do the right thing today. If there's anything this congregation can do for you in your spiritual walk, come forward during the song of invitation.